Welcome to this week's NL Full Time Podcast. I'm Leek Edwards and we've got a special guest on. We have got Sam Elliott who works with the National League. Hello Sam. Hi. Before we get on to the National League uh, results itself, Sam, we're just going to look back over a few of the FA Cup results and I think one of the standout ones was, was Solihull Moors on Friday night when they took on Blackpool. They were going really well in League One but uh, Solihull got a draw and may feel hard done by that they didn't win the game. In terms of Solihull, I mean they have done... They had, have they surprised you how well they've done they obviously do, the way they looked last year in terms of they, they looked dead and buried didn't they and then they came back a bit Tyson Fury-esque the way they've bounced back I think I asked you what odds did you have got with Solihull Solihull Moors I think was nine points nine, nine points adrift of safety in the National League this time last year and then new manager coming in Mark Yates I think it was about the new year time nine points adrift of safety and now what odds would you have got fast forward a year One game that took place was the early kickoff on Saturday. It was um, FC Halifax Atac on a team you support, Sam, in AFC Wimbledon. And oh, I know. It was, um, it, as, a, as a big Dons fan, I think everyone knows that really. That I was, I was worried about this one. You know, Wimbledon are, um, are a team dreadfully out of form. They won, I think, and lost in the league. Lost all but one of the last 10 league games. This is there for the taking for Halifax, I think. Um, especially because they could be given special dispensation on Tuesday night to postpone the game Barnet. Obviously Barnet are in FA Cup action this weekend, how the were. The National League did a great thing, really helped them out. So look, okay, have some extra time to prepare, we'll call this game off, we'll rearrange it. Wimbledon played on against Peterborough Tuesday, they were a slog. So I thought, you know, Halifax can have some legs here. They can have some legs, and this is a big advantage. We're going to go out very early, of course. The managerial chaos that's gone on there mm. this week, which is still not being resolved. I thought they were there for the taking one, but especially with how dreadful they were in the first half an hour of the game, a little bit of work dreadful in the first half an hour of the game against them. I've had two or three chances. It's so true what they say. If you do not take your chances as a non league side, the National League side, against these football league sides, wherever level they play at, whatever format they will come back. So Wimbledon will be they'll be relieved to get through. Halifax can concentrate on league action. And I'm joined by Matty Coslow on the NL Full Time podcast. My so unlucky. I mean, that first half performance, you really did come out the traps, didn't you? Yeah, and I've just said uh, again there, it's sort of been the story of our last few performances. We've come out first half really, really at it, really intense and, and positive, and then second half we we seem to just drop off and sit back and this time we didn't have anything to sit back for so it was a little bit difficult and they sort of got on the ball a lot more in the second half and again we sat off and invited pressure but um, we need to take our chance in the first half and I'm guilty of that and I think I think we just need to start learning quickly otherwise it'll bite us. Well, I think you might be being a bit harsh on yourself because you took it from nearly the edge of your own penalty area didn't you? By the time you got there, you probably did everything right, apart from just hit that post and came back out, didn't it? Yeah, it'll annoy me for a few days, to be fair. It'll be one of them where it's all ifs and buts and what ifs. So, um, I thought I'd scored, to be fair. I was sort of backing away as to celebrate, but weren't meant to be. And like I said, Dale, it was a game of inches. Dale was a few inches to the left rather than the right to get the rebound. So, um, it weren't meant to be. And, they went and scored a deflection up the other end, so yeah, tough to say. Uh, no, well, I've got to say, in the first half, it looked like you were the League One team and, and they were the, the National League team. What what was said at half time? Um, to keep the performance going, um, uh, which might be hard to believe um, in terms of the way we sort of start the second half. Um, it does it. It's not getting mentioned, but it's like becoming a bit of a habit where we're just sort of sitting back in the second half, and I don't know why. Um, Maybe it's maybe it was the intensity of the first half. We thought we might be able to have five ten minutes of sitting solid and and then getting back into the game, but it doesn't work like that. So we we need to we need to replicate our start for the second half as well moving forward. And I'm sure if we do that, then we'll we'll score goals and 
we'll start beating teams rather than drawing or getting beat by the odd goal. Yeah. I know it's hard to look ahead to the league now, but what are the ambitions this season? Um, I mean, we started so well. I mean, we was, I'm sure we was top of the league and we know we've got good players in there. And our skipper's just said it. We, we've got enough good players in there to not be nowhere near us, uh, any sort of relegation scrap, but we need to start proving it. So, I mean, we we believe if we get a run together, which is more than possible in this league, that there is an outside chance of, of playoffs. That's what you always hope for because you don't just want to say, oh, we'll, we'll be fine, middle table, middle middle of the table. But, yeah, you've got to believe, like I said, I've just been talking about self-confidence, you've got to believe in your team and we we think if we get a run together, we can get in, we can get in the playoffs, hopefully. Okay. Brilliant. Cheers. Thanks Cheers very much. much. A game that stands out today for me, Sammy, is a Merseyside derby. Not that one, but Southport versus Tranmere. Only in Watson very well. He's, um, he's a really good man. He's only a tough hard out there at Southport. This is, but they weren't expecting to be get on the bottom, I think, of the National League North. I don't think anyone was. There was a big fan for when he came back. He's a, he's a hero at Southport. In the league, it's just not gone their way. Now, the FA Cup is sometimes, things just come together, it's odd. Things just come together in the FA Cup. Now, Southport have won through four FA Cup games, four FA Cup games get to this stage. You don't see anything written in the style sometimes that, you know, teams just have, despite all the problems they've got, just have these FA Cup runs, and Southport are on it. And that's what Tramit can't really take them for granted there. They're the huge favourites, Tramit. Don't get me wrong, home advantage and everything, but... I think you know Southport will win the game. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be one side and they just trying to get it my it's going to be a physical and aerial examination for Tranmere, I think, isn't it? With the way Southport play, they'll be getting balls in there, won't they? Oh, they should do, and they have every right to do that. You know, you, you can't. You know, when you're coming up against league sides, they're going to. They're going to. You're going to have to find a way to win the game, and if Liam thinks that pieces are going to be very, very important and, and getting the ball in and quickly, they, they will. You know, Tranmere going great guns that they lead to at the moment after such a good year last year. That, yes, they don't be great, but you know, if they've got a chance. Just stay in the game till half time and see what happens. In terms of the other ties involving sort of National League sides today, is there anything else that you can, any other games that you may be seeing an upset in? I do they've got cup pedigree. They had a really good run last year. When they, again, when they weren't doing well at all, I mean, they're getting relegated, of course, but they stop and they work you at a point of the manager that, 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 that gets results, that plays the transfer market very well in Alan Dalton. And I think, although they were knocked off at the top spot of the National League South, when they would play on Saturday, they've got, um, they've got, they're having a really, really good season. I don't think any of the fans could have predicted that they'd be in second round of the FA Cup. The joint top of it is now the National League South. Swindon are a club who, on their day, can be really good, and on their day, can be absolutely terrible. They're preferred to be at home working, but they'll take a good thousand, fifteen hundred fans down there, uh, I'd imagine, to Swindon. And they've got a chance, they've got a real chance down there. But, um, so, yeah, just. Well, they're one of them. And again, another, another side I just kind of said, this is going to sound strange with a run that they're on Chesterfield. But again, I'll hop back to what we're saying with Southport and, and Wimbledon. The FA Cup is not silly thing. Do silly things for players. Chesterfield players, I mean, they, I mean, they, 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 the horrendous run they're on. There's no league win at Chesterfield in the second weekend of the season. Well, it's a funny stat because it's also it's the worst run and also the best run that they're on, isn't it, as well? So. There's an off it really is. Um, uh, you know, what do you think if you're Martin Allen? Do, do, you've got to pick the positives out of it, I suppose. But um, they are tough to beat at the moment. And yeah, Chester has not lost a game for two months or however many games it is on this one. This mad one, nine draws and what typically cup wins at two draws, and there must be 13 home games or whatever it is. They are on a um, great, great unbeaten run. That's just a fact. They are. They're at 100 groups. Big groups again, struggling, wrong end of League Two. Not in good form. It can be great, can be excellent. I think they were against Tremere. They, they, they pummeled Tremere in their last game. That won't help Chesterfield today. The Pelicans are coming under the top, but they've got, they've got a chance just to do it if they should do. We'll move on now to the, to the National League and it's quite tight at the top there are two teams which are the standout ones but just before we get into the results news broke yesterday before Wrexham's game against Newport County that Sam Ricketts won't be in the dugout because potentially he's going to be taking the job at League One Shrewsbury I mean what did you make of that Sam it's his first managerial job at Wrexham he's only been in the job three or four months he's done a very good job but is it a bit too early for him? Why Feeling this is just sympathy with Wrexham supporters. They were doing quite well last year, not so well, but quite well. And the Dinkies last year, and then in about February, March, the rumours started. 
you got Warsaw with former club came in mm. and it just it just destroyed their season it didn't I mean bearing in mind that the National League finished in the top seven you get in the playoffs they just crumbled absolutely they were going, going well they were well on they weren't going to win the league but they were well on for up the ship and my playoffs seemed a certainty on the beat then he left then things and he, they just fell to pieces they absolutely fell to pieces no no stabilizer have got a new talented young manager in Sam Ricketts doing great things he's making all the right noises so that the of my on football that I've not seen for quite a while and you know the local-ish league league what without a, a, a fire manager and need some help and now he's off again I just, just feel what they need to do is just that whatever happens it looks like a new guy they need to make sure the same mistakes don't happen from last year they need to be quick and decisive with an appointment if this happens when this happens and, and they need to make sure they get it right because they can't, can't afford to let what happened happen last year again yeah, the mistake they made last year was putting in a, um, an inexperienced manager in, wasn't it, in the end? And uh, that's what cost them. So I presume their next appointment, they'd need to get someone in who's got National League experience, who, who they know will just keep the ship steady and keep them in those playoff yeah. places. Well, the, the, you know, there will be, will be managers linked with it, um, good managers that are out of work. Maybe even a Paul Hurst, for example, who was, might seem a bit ambitious, but he has managed in this league of Grimsby. Maybe a bit out of out of there. Brussels flag, possibly we'll put it down. But I'm trying to stick all the all the managers that were in the frame for the Wimbledon job really. <laughs> but, um, listen, there are managers out there. Um, they will see Wrexham as an attractive proposition now. More stable club than they were this time last year. You know, they are a little bit off the pace, but they're in a title race in the National League. Kent is doing the FA Cup, of course. They'll be in the third round draw. Good good draw against Newport, really, under the circumstances. But, yeah, they're, they're, it should be an easy sell to the manager, so don't expect them to make the same mistake that they did last year. So Wrexham, they, they were in fourth despite not playing on Saturday. Leighton Orient, though, they stayed top anyway because Salford won 3-0 against Haven and Waterlooville. Leighton Orient got a good win against Gateshead with that man Macaulay Bond scoring once again. But now you could say the same for Salford, that man Adam Rooney scoring again. And two things really, Sam, but both Leighton Orient, we've tipped Leighton Orient to win the league and, and Salford to maybe win the playoffs. But also, uh, we've we've also gone for Macaulay Bond to be golden boot and a couple of people have gone for Rooney. So, interesting battle both with the teams and for the golden boot. Yeah, I mean, I just get the feeling, I just get the feeling with Salford and, um, and Rooney in particular. Um, that here's the main difference between the two. I think they're really very well matched teams. Uh, or in a bigger club, that might have a bit of a, a bit of a sway with things. Uh, with eight, nine thousand people there, <clears throat> I just think Salford have got or even haven't in terms of an ability in January a transfer window to to win them. Sometimes when clubs and managers see the, the line there, they'll just go for it. They'll see the finishing line, think right, which is just we'll sure that we get that. Both of them, both of the clubs will look and say, right, we need to do business in January. Which is just not 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 surprising for, for a team like that. But whilst Lake Norrin may think of right, we need to get another centre midfielder and we need another centre back quite desperately. Salford will whilst the Lake Norrin may want to may go for a player they think likely to be well first. Salford can go for a player that's on good, 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 good money. Well that will it'll be a marquee signing for them. Mm. Lake Norrin have got haven't, won't and can't finance finance huge deals Salford could, could feasibly on, in January go out and get two players that are on kind of added Rooney money Salford if they want if they wish they go and get one or two players that are kind of matching in, in stature or in haven't got that and or in one throw that kind of money at it because it would be with the problems they've had huge risk you know, maybe you don't mind because when you football leagues you know that but um, that could you know when we look at the quality out of Rooney's bought if they get a midfielder of, of Rooney's standing if you like within the game to come on down or in about a lot on their side they're in great form they're underdogs to most people keep, keep an eye on the title race because it's going to it's going to it could well go for the wire this year it could be fantastic it might be one of these. It even goes down to the final day. I mean, you look at Leighton Orient's away form. They've not lost. Salford haven't lost at home. So something's maybe going to give uh, later on in the season. I saw them on the first day of the season, and they were very evenly matched then. So it'll be interesting to see what the return fixture brings. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, certainly, um, be, I'm sure BT Sport will be eyeing that one up, like whatever the return fixture is. Yeah. They're there first day of the season. It's turned into a, a, a great pick, isn't it, for them? But... I think, um, yeah, there's just don't bad dudes. Every team should do a bad run. That's something sort of had theirs. They had one at the start of the season and they were really poor. They've had dips in and out recently. Orient haven't really been on one. Every time they, they have a setback, they respond very well, which is great. 
you think they're going to have a period of poor results at some point. But listen, I'm not going to stand down on it's chances. I saw them on Tuesday night against all the shots. I thought they were lacking something. Maybe I'd like to come on and really, really turn the game. But game by the scruff group, I mean, really didn't seem to have that. But the game said, oh no, Monks, they're good away from home. Very, very good, strong away from home. And from what the reports I'm reading, all it were, were good, convincing winners, which is, which is a really good sign. I know Justin was, just in the rhythm manager was a little bit concerned about that game because he knows how the game said, oh. So, um, yeah, they've overcome, they overcame that penalty on, on Saturday. Yeah, they're now, now keep looking at the fixtures and thinking, you know, we're not in the FA Cup, but North Salford, fortunately for them, Salford have not got that FA Cup distraction that, that they've had in years gone by. So, yeah, interesting times there for, for both sides. Talk about Harrogate now, Sam. Have they surprised you? They got a good win down at Maidenhead on Saturday, so they move into third place above Wrexham. They've taken to life in the National League really well, haven't they? That's been fantastic. I mean, I don't think they're going to win it. I think you know. I think which which helps them in terms of their ambition. Really, um, they're not going to win. Maybe listen. Maybe someone we're just thinking we can still win this. But they're not far away. But they're certainly not one of the favourites. I mean, you put kind of Brexham offering the sort of their three favourites. Harrogate have a team hanging on just outside with them and Solihull. If they can, if, if Harrogate can maintain, why not with the players? Why not? They've had a really, really good year. Um, the two teams in the National the National League North that would have really, which shows the strength of that division. Yeah, they're, they're, they're having a fantastic year, and it was an, you know, a good win uh, against a, a mainhead side that's back in the bit of form now. In terms of Fylde as well, they missed a chance to go into third as well by drawing with Sutton United and. Sutton who are having a, still a good season uh, this year but Fylde will feel like it's two points dropped especially at home yeah they will they really will um, just when you thought Fylde were kind of turning the screw and really kind of putting themselves up there and you know, the second half there's all the team isn't there we say it all the time at Cups and Pound nowhere to, to join a title away so joining from myself she thought maybe Fylde that hadn't been so good could have been that side but it just yeah, that was you know that was top points against Sutton. There's no doubt about that. Really, it's a shame for them, but yeah, they've got some, some important games. They've got a Dover away next on Saturday to sweet at home. They've got they've got the rest of December. They look at it on paper, the league table. They've got a they've got a December, but the it, it's not so bad. So they can put some on the board. In terms of a team who I think. And you'll have seen over the last few years and think of underachieved. But I think this year there may be dark horses at Eastleigh. I mean, they've spent money over the past couple of seasons, haven't they? It's not really happened for them. Now Stuart Donald's left, they've maybe cut the cloth a bit more accordingly. And it's actually maybe working in their favour a little bit. Yeah, I think we've sort of come in and taken a crown for now. There's always big spending. He can get it right. Um, Stuart Donald will be you know, he left for something doing obviously tremendously well up there. But he'll be disappointed in the fact that spend there never really worked I mean they weren't spending on kind of reportedly what some clubs are or on players but you know it just it just it just shows the kind of difficult team in the even if you do spend money it's very very difficult but he'll be disappointed though they never really kind of even got right at the, the playoffs too much in the, the two or three years that they were in the league under three, three years isn't it uh, good FA Cup runs but just, just never never got it together in the league I think the manager rule situation didn't help them and Chopping and changing in the dugouts, but yeah, they're, 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 they're kind of weight's been lifted off them, really. The bird's been lifted off <coughs> easily, easily, players. No, no, they drop points to, to Dobie. I think, um, I think they'll be really happy, quite happy with the season they've got. Obviously, losing the manager wasn't in a, in a script, and Ben Sherman has come in. He knows the club very, very well. He's got good ideas. He's a very good young coach. Again, seeing there's no further club work from the people they're offering. Um, um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe they can make a burst of that top seven. You might not miss it, but I think that'll probably be the goal for you. It was the return of Andy Hessenthaler on Saturday for Dover uh, Dover manager back to Eastleigh and he drew 2-2 a bit of a crazy game and a team another team I want you to talk about Sam we were, were underachieving certainly a Hartlepool they sacked Matthew Matthew Bates during the during the week and they were 1-0 up going into injury time on Saturday and managed to lose the game at home to Dagenham and that'll be a bit of pill to swallow I mean it's you know sometimes it's football as a supporter you just kind of give up sometimes just when things are going wrong or in Hartlepool at the moment are going through one of those periods <coughs> that we're going to have a difficult couple of years of course but that would have really really hurt yesterday they looked odd on for that win uh, going into the 90th minute wasn't it 1-0 up to come back and to just them to come back like they did it's a, dagger, a real dagger through the heart really wasn't it um, for, for, for Hartlepool when things are going bad for you you prepare for you can prepare for the real worst and 
the fans up there so not have too much because they thought they were on something this year they thought like a great for but then we can rely on here and going to take the club back into our promotion push this season and it's just unfolded to unfortunately now focus on the new, the new managers to come in and, and really steady that ship and make them come together because I think they've lost seven of the last eight games and that's, um, that's not the best form in the world is it no, not indeed, but a team you're having a good run, as we said, are, are dagging them. I mean, they looked dead and buried a few few weeks ago. They're a point behind Hartlepool now in the table. Incredible. Dagging them once, I think, five of the last six games. The only game they didn't win out of that six or seven games were Salford City. Mm. Um, away. Um, I, I just... I, he's done something there, hasn't he? He's that. I mean, listen, they have a takeover. Um Yeah, it would have been indeed. Uh, a team who've picked up as well since they've changed the manager, uh, Arebsville United. They went to Aldershot yesterday and, and Rob, who uh, co-hosts with me, he, he gave his thoughts on the game yesterday and then caught up with manager Gary Hill after the game. Luke and uh, the podcast boys, sorry I can't join you again for a second uh, consecutive weekend. It feels a little bit like Groundhog Day because I sent you an audio just like this seven days ago when... Uh, I watched a really limp and lacklustre performance from Aldershot Town at home to Barrow. They lost 2-0 then. They lost 2-0 again today to uh, an Ebbsfleet side that, under new manager Gary Hill, are making an absolute mockery of uh, their financial difficulties. Uh, Hill's come in. He's kept it very simple, very uh, very basic, focusing on their strengths. Uh, the real masterstroke, he started to play cheek in the side alongside Kedwell, and they gave Aldershot Town problems right from the word go. They scored a goal each between them. Uh, Aldershot were really unable to launch any real attacks of, of any threat to absolutely th- throughout the game. They didn't really look like scoring at all throughout the match. Yes, they've got some injuries, um, but uh, really difficult times for Aldershot Town right now because there's a lot of youngsters in the side, there's a lot of lonies in the side, and there's a real lack of leaders. They're just five points from uh, the relegation at the moment, and they will be looking over their shoulders. But for Ebsfleet and Ebsfleet fans, I don't think this season's going to be quite the write-off that some of them may have thought it would be. Uh, Gary Hill probably is the right man at the right time for them. Even though they've got one or two injury problems themselves, they've adapted really well. And uh, provided they can keep the majority of their squad fit and free from suspension, then they've got every chance of pushing close. Um, they've got an outside chance of the playoffs, but I think that maybe there might just be seven teams that will finish above them. I do, though, expect a top 10 finish for Ebbsfleet. And listeners, I look forward to being back uh, with Luke uh, next week. Speak to you soon. I'm joined by Ebbsfleet United manager Gary Hill. Gary, you've been out of football for a little while. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you spent the time when you were not uh, in the dugout. Uh, family, grandchildren, and... As you can appreciate, when you've been involved in management for so long and all of a sudden you're, you're not doing the uh, pre-seasons, uh, it seems a bit strange. But, you know, I must be honest, uh, I enjoyed the break. It's probably gone on a little bit longer than what uh, yeah. I was expecting or hoping for. I had two very good opportunities, I must be honest. Very important to me now, I think, my family even more so, that seeing the grandchildren grow up, I didn't want to work away from home. That was a situation where I had one opportunity where I decided it wasn't quite right. And, you know, I've also had a couple of interviews uh, with two conference clubs. Uh, and being fair, they conducted themselves absolutely impeccable with the decision they made, no problem with me. And the right one come along. And as I say, I'm not the sort of person and don't need the money to turn around and be 
taking my wheelbarrow here, there and everywhere, so I've got a job. I don't need that. The athlete come out the blue, I must be honest. Uh, Location-wise, superb. Plan squad-wise, something to really be excited about to go forward with. And as I say, there's a lot of change in the structure of the football club. Uh, there is a financial meltdown of, I like to say as many words, of stability to be controlled. Mm. Uh, I know what the boss wants and the chairman in respect of what he's asked for. We'll work within that structure and I'm sure we'll still try and be competitive. Yeah, and, and the right manager, dare I say, to come into that situation because you just come in with positivity. It looks to me asserted yourself and keeping it very, very solid. Uh, nice and tight at the back, playing to your strengths, and uh, you really hit the ground running. I think it's six matches now unbeaten. You must be pleased with that start. Yeah, you know, we're going well. We're going well, but as we say, we all know football. So we just don't get carried away, as we say, as people say to me. Don't get too high when things are going well, and don't get too low when, you know, going against you. So, you know, we haven't seen where we're going, but no, they're a good set of lads. Really enjoyed uh, getting into the football club and enjoying it in every way I form. Long, you know, Long way to go this season, a lot of work to be done, but hopefully we continue going in the right direction. Final question about your strikers. We all know the strength of Danny Kedwell. He was dominant in a dominant performance against Aldershot Town today. But Michael Cheek, uh, you're playing him in, and he's rewarding you with goals, isn't he? That's four now in three games. Yeah, Michael Cheek's done well. Danny Kedwell leads the line well. As I say, a lot of people said they couldn't play in the same team together. We've looked at uh, the situation and what we've seen and uh, I think it's showing that way but, uh, but hey they're not the only two players collectively as a complete squad the back line whatever defence we put out look very solid very competitive midfielder working very very hard and we're creating chances and I'm pleased to say a very good winner today thank you very much Bye. cheers Gary good luck so that was Ebsleet manager Gary Hill and, and Rob's thoughts on the game and Ebsleet just before we go on to the to look at the National League North and South, Ebsley, they've uh, they've made a good. There was a lot of surprise when Darren McMahon went. Sam wasn't a but Gary Hill's coming in and he's doing a good job and they've propelled up to tenth now in the league. Gary Hill is just a manager that that, that, that lives and breathes football. He's, he's not everyone's cup of tea. He knows that. He knows he's not everyone's cup of tea. But what he is, he's just just he just just knows how to win games of football. I suppose it's a kind of a Neil Warnock type situation in the Championship Premier League. But listen, it's not going to be particularly pretty every single week. It's not long balls and, 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 and piss fighting on the pitch. It, that was just something obviously that made the decision and sometimes the new manager. It can go one way or the other when a, when a popular manager leaves. Yeah, you know, was a pop, he was a popular manager within the absolute dressing room, within the fan base, and the boardroom as well. But you wonder, you wonder what way is it going to go? But Gary's come in, he's, 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 he's brought them together. Yeah, four goals against Halifax, great win at older shot. You know, they're, they're looking at the playoffs again, honestly. And Gary can take a lot, a lot of credit, but he will want to make sure that this is not just a case of new manager syndrome coming in and think, turning around. You know, he'll be looking at January and thinking, why is going bring it? He's going to so bring some movement in. Of course, he doesn't even have to wait until January. So, if you get, if you get the right place, so it's an interesting, interesting time for him. So, it's suddenly a season that looked like it was kind of going nowhere. Yeah, can they repeat their heroics last year and get to the, the playoff semi-final? We're going to move on to a look at the National League South now. Hi, I'm Harry Wheeler and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So in the National League South, Sam, what what sort of results caught your eye on, on Saturday? Well, I was at Dulwich Hamlet for their final home game, if you like, at Tooting and Mitchum. They're in exile, of course, going back to Champion Hill. It's a great story in itself, but... The kind of story really was more kind of a, a football wise about Torquay United. They won 2 0 at Dulwich and were good value for it. They were a bit of a storm early second half, but they were good value for, for the win. Torquay are now on the right, and that is bad news for the rest of them in the National League South. Um, well, he went top with a, with a good win over Hungerford. They were expected to beat Hungerford, but Torquay 2 0 win had done to put them within one point of the leaders. Now, Billy Ricky, everyone's favourite thing, and they, they released a statement <laughs> last week. And, um, it's a, it's a real possibility to have promotion from the, from the league. That's why they've gone full time. But I think um, Torquay are now the team to watch in this league. They're full time. They've got a great manager in Gary Johnson for this level of football. It's, um, it's a real, real coup that appointment a couple of months ago. They are a tremendous run of form. Um, they've scored goals by the bucket load. I'm not bad defensively. Again, I'm giving the club with a bit of backing. Can you get, get a player or two if needed? It's interesting, and I think uh, Torquay, a point away now, 
Yeah, Torquay, I mean, they've always been quite good defensively this year, haven't they? It's just that they hadn't scored goals. I think when Gary Owens went, he'd scored eight goals and conceded nine or something like that, something daft. And now uh, scored 13, conceded 14, so you can see the big difference yeah. he's made. Yeah, they they now have, um, they now have, I mean, listen, they've always had firepower, but Gary Johnson wasn't fiery. You know, they do score goals. Sometimes you get the sense that you watch a game, even a nil-nil in that hour or whatever it was, on Saturday that they're likely just to pinch something and grab something. It wasn't a smash and grab. So they deserve three points, might be pushing it a little bit, but they got them. Um, finding ways to win difficult places uh, at Dulwich, 15, 1600 fans there. Um, but, you know, on a poor pitch, it wouldn't be horrible wet day in South London, but the fans were difficult coming up against difficult sides that, that know how to win games. I think um, Torquay have, have, have shown that they're in the, in, in the fight for this now. And, yeah, so it's going to be an inter- interesting because uh, there'll be there'll be four or five teams that think they can win that match. Torquay definitely, definitely a one. And in terms of Dulwich, I mean, you you went down there today, so you got a shot of brandy with your hot chocolate, which looked very nice indeed. <laughs> but um, does down near the bottom, do you think they'll be fine this year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they've got the they've got the manager, they've got the fans that can do it. But what's the pitch for Dulwich? I think a season of, of just staying in the league and looking at the league and maybe putting it's been took them so long to get out of the wall in Premier League, didn't it? Uh, that they'll be they'll be more than comfortable sitting in the National League South for another season or two. Um, they'll be back home for the new year, which is great news for the club. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll be absolutely fine. Gavin Rose is a good man. Dude, he's a fine player. He's never won them. So uh, this season was always about having a little look. Now, don't worry about don't worry about them. They'll be absolutely fine. A couple of other results that really stood out were Billy Ricky losing at home to Oxford City and also Western Supermare going to Chippenham, who've had a good season this year, and, and winning there. I mean, I don't think many people would have predicted Billy Ricky losing that. No, two real shock results, wasn't it? It's a good league because you, you can get things like Oxford, Oxford City can win the games of football on the day. They've had a good FA Cup run again this year. They can, really can surprise. They can for something you would expect to deliver to win that without any any doubt on Saturday. Um, you you would have you would have thought they're the home game. They're, they're looking strong, but you know, it's a result that the whether it was coming for Dean Brown on his side, it will certainly prove the wake up call for them. But you know, don't think I don't think Villarreal have got too much of a soft centre. Uh, I think they've won more often than not. They've won games like that this year. They're, they're, they're probably looking at people will be looking at Villarreal to maybe fall again. A club with a bit of spending power certainly um, that are looking at some, some players at a higher level. They'll be they'll still be up there. They'll consider the blip, but um, again, they're a side that respond very very well to defeat. When once they have a defeat, they don't really go on a bad. Yeah, and Western Superman, I mean, they, that, that FA Cup runs on in a world of good. They'll have the money from that now. They've actually moved off the bottom now. That was only the second win of the season on Saturday, but they have moved off the bottom. They're still, and they're only four points now from getting cleared the job, which a few weeks ago looked impossible. Yeah, manager Mark McGregor, he, he, he made some comments this week that he's, he's fixed it, uh, three it's worse than Western Superman than necessarily. You'd have probably been hard placed to, to find them before Saturday, to be quite honest with you, because listen, they've only won one game this season, and they've had some, some relatively comfortable home games that you think they should be winning that, they should be winning that. That's a big win for them. Still going to take quite a lot for them to, to, to stay up, purely good for the season that they've had. But they're certainly, they're certainly improving. Um, again, they'll be looking to, to, to kind of shake things up in December and January, player-wise. He says there's three teams worse than the world. Maybe they're about to prove it. Um, but I think, yeah, Western, they've still got work to do. Chiffin you know, have beaten some big sides this year. They've beaten, so they've beaten Villarica, they've beaten and they've drawn with Woking. I think they've beaten Talking United this year as well. So Chiffin but Mark Collier is, is you know, really, really good, really experienced manager. In terms of another team that quite surprised this year, Sam, a Concord, you know, after they, they only just stayed up, I think, uh, the last week before the season, uh, last season, but they're, they're up in fifth position and they've had a really, uh, they had a strong start and then a bit of a blip, but they seem to be coming again now, don't they? Yeah, they've spent a bit of money there. I think they will, they'll be the first to kind of get they have, putting the budget up. Um, the club's a bit more professional and off the pitch, and there's a bit of a feel good factor there. But Concord, you know, they, they, won't, they wouldn't have been thinking they'd go in the Women's League. They haven't been quite a target push for the top seven. They have bought some good players in. Alex Wolf, for example, 
cycle is, is excellent. Jack Minson, um, a bit of a partnership going on there by the looks of it. Good, and of course, Billy Knott, the full league side as well, um, come in and, and, and obviously doing a bit of an impact there. Yeah, so they're, they're back on track now, I think. Um, again, they'll be one of the clubs, one of many clubs that get promotion from this league and more will to the chances. We'll move on and look at the National League North now. And before we look at the results, the shock news to come out of the league this week was that Curzon National Park Company with manager John Flanagan, and I know Chris Pratt, he's not with us this week. He, he, he saw Curzon quite a lot this year. So I asked him for his thoughts on it earlier in the week about the sacking of John Flanagan. So, on Thursday night, Curzon Ashton sacked, well, their manager for seven years now, John Flanagan. And I think it's fair to say it's caused a few shockwaves through the, the National League North um, League. In fact, I haven't seen anyone on social media or I haven't spoken to anyone who isn't flabbergasted by the decision. John Flanagan has been superb for that club. He's turned them into a solid National League North club and for a club the size of Curzon Ashton they are definitely punching well above their weight. I spoke to John Flanagan earlier in the season and I discussed with him that this is probably one of the best squads that he's put together in his seven years in charge. They're solid, they know the know the job and he told me he gets players he knows who are going to work hard. So to conclude again I just think it's uh, it seems to be uh, well it's a stunning decision I think by Curzon Ashton and I can't see that it being a decision that's going to serve them well in the long time. John Flannan going to be all right. I'm sure there's already a lot of clubs uh, looking at him who are perhaps not having very good runs at the moment, looking at him and thinking, well, you know, that guy knows the players around the area and he knows how to set them up and he knows how to get a smaller club, get them results and keep them in that division. So good luck, John Flanagan, and um, it'll be interesting to see Curzon Ashton's next move. I believe that they are promoted from within. So yeah, let's just see. Let's just see how that goes. Whether that's a, a temporary arrangement or not, we will see. That was Chris Pratt, and and Sam certainly in the northwest, it's kind of sent shot waves a little bit because Curzon they're in a better position than they were last season. Yet John Flanagan's been given the bullet, and uh, something doesn't smell quite right there. Yeah, sometimes you wonder why. What do clubs want? What do chairmen want? What do boards want? Then that's just look at that league table and say, right, we're fourteenth. Nation, tiny nation, uh, I mean, they really did have a budget, a smaller budget than the vast majority in that league. Mm. The probably budget is probably in, in relegation zone budget. I think I'm, I'm probably not too far away from saying that. And then you know, as you sit there and look at the league table, now, Curzon they, they won, they, well, maybe it's a bit of an FA Trophy upset and they've not been paying particularly well and home form has not been maybe what it should be, but Curzon Ashton had won two of the last three uh, matches, uh, league matches. Look at the league table, they won. They were above clubs like Hereford, leverage two and a half thousand. York City, who were in the football game two, three years ago, above them in the table. Southport, who really gone for it this year. Maybe maybe most performances improving. Gates up 50 or so. Do they, do, do they think that, do they think that, Yeah, it's, it's funny, you never know what will happen next. I mean, Curzon have appointed from within, they've appointed first-team coach Matt Bradshaw, so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, go on throughout the season. The yeah. game the game of the day in the National League North on Saturday was Telford against Bradford. Bradford went down to the new book's head, and uh, they went back top, courtesy of Charlie drawing at home to Boston, but Bradford are on a fantastic season under a fantastic manager. I mean, he hit nail on the head, a fantastic manager. He truly is a fantastic manager who... Uh, yes, and sometimes we kind of think, oh, you know, we talk about uh, the jobs, don't we? Um, the big jobs. Who's going to go into the right the job? Are looking kind of down, but the manager's doing a great job. Below them, well, they're looking kind of like, oh, well, that's great. What more have you got to do? He guided them to the playoffs last year. Uh, the playoffs the final eventually, wasn't it? Uh, the park, I mean. And then to take them to, to take them top of that league, and to have been the best side of the league for the past few months, which they have been probably since Jordan 4 9. I mean, it's phenomenal, really, it's phenomenal. I mean, Bradford again, talk about the smaller clubs getting, getting a few games. Anyone's been to Bradford Park Avenue World, and it's not the best football stadium in the world. Historical 
football club. They've not got the best budget in the world. Have they got the most talented players in the league? No. Are they, are they better players? Other clubs, probably. Are they bigger budgets at other clubs? Oh, absolutely, certainly in that league. Um, this, is a, this is a division littered with huge clubs. Don't forget these top boards, the Herefords, the York City, the Kidderminster of this world. They are well and truly well above them at the moment now. I was a bit surprised when York City parted ways with their manager early in the season and they took an awful long time to, to appoint a new manager. I think they have a, many, a clue a bit of a closer look at what else is out there. Um, Mark Bauer, excellent job of Bradford Park Avenue. They just seem to know how to, how to get results and, and to win away at Telford who were in incredible form three wins in a row. Up to third in the league with the biggest result of their season so far, no doubt. And Chester, they've been sneaking up. They, they had a lot of problems earlier in the season which were well documented and they were catching up with games. Well, they've caught up with those games now and uh, they are flying. They're up into third. They beat Darlington by three goals to one. And... Um, do you think they're on the way back, Sam? Yeah, I think they're quite possibly. Um, they, they were bold, weren't they? I mean, they, wow, Chester, Chester and so on. Probably couldn't believe their luck. I mean, we managed to get their hands on two managers that won the league last year, the uh, National League last year, who were out of work. Uh, thanks for the situation at Salford, but that has played their hands. And, and, and Bernard and, and, and St Johnson, um, you know, they, they've taken us for that. It didn't start well. Everyone will keep harking back to this result if they do go on to achieve something. But the 8 1 thrashing at Royal Spartan, you know, it's pretty, pretty, proved to kind of give them that club a kick because they weren't in bad form before that. Uh, that result back in September, I think it was. It, sometimes it's about these signings, and at the moment they signed a striker from, from Tamworth who um, I know someone well that uh, follows Tamworth. Can't believe he's going to get a hat trick, I was told. And he said, can only get a kick back Tamworth. Now they've seen something in this player at Tamworth. And brought him in on line, he's got a hat trick on his debut. Uh, perfect hat trick, I think, as well. And yeah, sometimes signings can kind of um, can really, really change perspective on you know, to get a hat trick on a debut. It's going to give you a lot of confidence. So I think just are right up there, they're right in the mix, you know. Um, it's you look at the clubs because maybe the signs of the clubs that are at the top, Bradford Park Avenue and Chorling, you always got in the back of your mind, can they last? Can they're not the biggest clubs with the biggest budgets for the best players? Are they going to last the course? It's all obviously falling away quite dramatically over the last month, six weeks or so. Oh, who's going to come and take the crown? Now, Kidderminster has swept away, they've been poor form. It's no stop for Yorker, loitering, or Hereford loitering, I think there's a surge on. Maybe Chester think they are that club that maybe to make a splash for it. And, and yeah, who knows that they might have, they, they might be in the mix coming into the season I think yeah and they've got managers as well who have won the league most well most recently is last season with Salford so they know how to get over the line don't they yeah absolutely you know, they, again they took the right employment getting your appointments right I mean obviously they had a huge amount of luck with, with their appointment but nobody would have predicted that, that these two would have been free agents in the summer after what they did at Salford last year with or without money so they said it takes something Another question I want to ask you is, as you mentioned it before, this, it's such a strong league, the North, isn't it? Because you've got so many traditional teams in there, all vying for about three spots. York, Stockport, Darlington, Hereford, Kidderminster. And teams will beat each other, won't they? You look at York and Stockport and they're not finding it easy, are they? No, no, York and Stockport are not finding it easy for, for a long while. I mean, York were, before the weekend, they were only three points off the relegation
Everton, not even sure a League Two club could come in and actually smash that up. Because it's that competitive, it's that difficult, and it's um, so much of a challenge. And you just don't know who's going to win it. Um, this season is the most exciting game in quite a while. Well, th- Sam, thanks for joining us. I mean, what game are you off to this week? Are you off to any games that we can maybe see you around at if, you, if people yeah, listening? Absolutely, I'll be at Bournemouth against uh, Leighton Orient, the one BT Sport game. So, yeah, we'll be um, we'll be there covering, covering every kick for that. So, that should be a really good one. Bournemouth have not had the season they maybe want to. Leighton Orient obviously find it for the title. You know, that will be, say, it'll be a big crowd there, which also pop, pop, uh, pumps Bournemouth up a lot better. Um, yeah, another big game on the tip. So it's on BT Sports, so it's, it's got that extra bit of prestige about it. So, yeah, really looking forward to that one already. Excellent. Well, Sam, thanks for joining us this week. All right, buddy. Take care. As always, we do a Step 3 Club of the Week. This week, our focus is on Stalbridge FC, who's created quite a lot of history in the FA Cup over recent seasons and, and did it again this season by beating Kidderminster Harriers. So here is Richard Scott to give us some history on Stalbridge FC and then his interview with midfielder Tom Tonks. Formed in 1876, the Glass Boys of Stourbridge are 142 years old and they compete in the Everstick Southern League Central Premier. They play at the War Memorial Ground in Amblecote, which is in the north of the town, part of the Metropolitan Borough of Dudley. The town of Stourbridge lies just eight miles away from Kidderminster, the home of National League North side Kidderminster Harriers. The Harriers have in fact featured in some of Stourbridge's biggest wins in recent seasons. Back in the 2015-16 season, the Glass Boys beat Kidderminster 3-0 in the FA Cup. They also met in the competition earlier this season, with the Glass Boys winning 3-2. Stourbridge are currently managed by Gary Hackett, the former Shrewsbury Town and West Bromwich Albion winger. Stourbridge's best ever run in the FA Cup came in the 2016-17 season, when they made the third round proper. After a first round replay win over Whitehawk, a term the club beat Football League opposition in Northampton Town, thanks to a 1-0 victory with Jack Duggan scoring a late goal. They faced Wickham Wanderers in the third round at Adams Park, where a down skirt goal cancelled out an early opener for the Chairboys. But a late goal from Akinfenwa saw Starbridge knocked out of the competition. In terms of league competitions, Starbridge has spent most of their life in the Southern League, before being transferred to the Northern Premier League ahead of the 2014 to 15 season. They've finished mid-table 16 and 11th, while that was sandwiched in 2017 by making the playoff final, where they were beaten 1-0 at Spennymore. Last season, they finished 11, as we mentioned, before returning to the Southern League. This time, they were placed in the new Central League Premier Division. I am joined by midfielder Tom Tonks. Thank you personally, but uh, the lads are doing well in the league. I think we're second. So yeah, league form's going quite well. Uh, we usually have a good FA Cup run, but sadly that's been and gone. So it's just the league to concentrate on now. So yeah, all guns blazing at the league. The club's moved back to the uh, Southern League, the new Southern League uh, Central Division. Uh, how's the club finding it? Uh, yeah, well, uh, obviously we've come close in the Northern League. Uh, the last couple of years, we lost in the playoff final for years ago. We finished mid-table last year. But to be fair, we've made some, made some good signings this year. Uh, I mean, Greg Mills is the top goal scorer in the league. Uh, you know, we've got, we've, had some, we've got some good players in the squad and, you know, there's competition for places. So, and I think we've took the league by, you know, by storm a little bit. Um, obviously, the league table doesn't lie. Some people say it's, uh, it's not as tough as the Northern League, but... You know, every, every team beats everybody. Um, but, but it's a game of football and it's now given regardless of what league you play. We've got a strong squad, so regardless of what league we're in, I think, I think we'd, you know, we'd be disappointed if it wasn't uh, in and around. Uh, at least the top six um, is not pushing for the league, to be honest. Yeah, and you mentioned about the FA Cup run there. Oh, so you not had a good, a good run this season, but you're beating Kidderminster Harriers again this season, who are... Uh, Quite a big side, especially in the Midlands. Does that prove that you know Stalbridge can compete with the biggest and the best teams in non-league football? One hundred percent, yeah. Um, obviously, we gave Goisley a good game as well. I'm not sure what it is about Kidderminster. To be honest, we just seem to have uh, we just seem to have it over on them every time we play them, uh, regardless of what competition, whether it be the FA Trophy or the FA Cup. Now, I watched it this season. I mean, we were two 0 down, and we'd hardly had a kick in the first forty-five minutes, but. You know, we've got, we've got players in our squad that can score goals and change games. So, you know, that's we've had, we've always had that. I think that's why we've had a good FA Cup run over the last couple of years because we've got players that, you know, no disrespect to the level, probably shouldn't be players. You know, that's the same goals for the club as well. I think if we was, 
you know, if we were to get promoted this year, you know, fingers crossed it's going well so far. I don't think we'd be out of our depth in the league, but in the conference north or conference safety, everyone that might be. What does the club have to do to, uh, you know, make that final step up? We've seen into the Conference North. You've been uh, pushing for your playoffs, particularly in the Northern Premier League. You've been pushing for it. Uh, so what's you know, left to do uh, to make that step up? I think it's all down to, you know, uh, I think it's just down to the players now. The, you know, the stability of the club is there. Uh, they want to go up. Uh, the aim is to go up, you know, from the chairman to the board to the manager. You know, and then it's down to the players because we want to go up as well. There's nothing more, there's nothing better in football than winning games. So, obviously, winning games, you're pushing towards the top of the league, and that's where we want to be. And we want to be at the next level in the conference north or the conference south. But, you know, I don't think it's down to the club no more. It's down to the players on the pitch. You know, the foundations are there, and the chairman's, the chairman wants to go up, the manager wants to go up, and, you know, the players have got to perform on the pitch now and win games for football. Yeah, and what's the uh, ambition for uh, Starbridge? Because obviously you're talking quite a lot about going up to the uh, to step two. You know, is that one uh, ever something the club's thought about? You know, being able to compete. You know, the likes of Solihull have done it quite recently. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, Solihull were it a couple of years ago. They won the Conference North. Um, I don't think there's no lack of ambition there from the club to get to that level to get to step one. So, like I say, the foundations are there. You know. Everybody's been a three-sided ground. I'm not sure how far we can go, but I know that we can definitely go to the next level, which is step two. And step one, I'm not 100% sure about, but, you know, that, that's where the players want to play. You know, obviously, I've always said to myself personally, you want to play as high as you can. So, yeah, the players want to get to step one and, and be, you know... We want to be competitive at whatever level we play at, at step three, step two, or, you know, like you say, step one. It's just, it's all about winning games, to be honest, and you, but you take each season and each game as it comes. And that was Richard Scott's look at Stalbridge FC. That was our step three team of the week. Just a couple more things to do before we finish this week. We've got announced the winner of the John Parking book, Feed the Beast. We've been asking you to retweet and Hashtag feed the beast. And the winner is Craig O'Farr, who's Farso86 on Twitter. Congratulations to you, Craig. We will be in touch with you shortly and send you off the book so you can get it in time for Christmas. And thank you to everyone else who entered. And we'll, we'll try and do another competition later on in the season. All that's left for us to do is for me to ask you to subscribe to us on iTunes. We're now on there, so get yourself on there. Press subscribe and you'll get the podcast uploaded to your phone every week if you have an iPhone, of course. And also follow us on Twitter at NLFullTime or you can email us nlfulltime at gmail.com. Until then, thank you all for listening. Thank you for Sam, to Sam Elliott coming on as well. And we shall see you all very soon.